0: Welcome listeners to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. We, uh, we're going to jump right in. Thank you, Ben. We're going to jump right into uh, the last part of this series called Fire Away. And um, you've been asking some amazing questions. And so I'm going to uh, finish with a question that you guys have all been asking. And um, I think it's important uh, that we look at the Holy Spirit we don't uh, uh, as far as church news goes today let me just real quick give you an announcement um, the first Saturday of the month um, in November is our serve knock Saturday so don't forget about serve knock Saturday it's going to be amazing we're going to reach out to our community if you're not a part of that go to connection and sign up we're going to serve our community it's important to be the church and then as always our connect groups go year-round we have connect groups a lot of connect groups that that happen every week and this is awesome we can all gather and encourage uh one another and worship God, but your faith builds in the context of community, in the context of godly community. And uh, and so I want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a connect group, that's really uh, where church happens, not just in this room, but in different homes and coffee shops and different places all around the city. So please check out Connection and get into a connect group if you're not in one. I'm sure there's one that you would enjoy. Um, All right, fire away. I think it's um, important to answer the question about the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked me in, in one of the questions, and uh, so I, I hope, has this series helped you guys some, Fire Away series? Uh, it's really, a lot of people have been giving great feedback. We're going to do it every year, and so, and we might even do it more than one time a year, but uh, I think that there's so many questions, and it's okay, let me say, if you're new to our community, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay. There was a scripture, there was a man, a father in the Bible that said, I believe Jesus, help my unbelief. And so I think it's important that we have a community that's free to ask questions. Um, Some questions came in about the Holy Spirit... And the power of the Holy Spirit About the gifts of the Spirit And about tongues and, and all that kind of stuff And so there's a lot of misunderstanding Around the things of the Holy Spirit And so I'm going to get into uh, some, real, some real big teaching today And I, I, wanna, I want you to put your learning hat on Because um, I'm going I'm to use a lot of scriptures today Because I don't want to just uh, throw a little bit at you I want to give you a whole picture of the Gospels whole picture of Jesus when it comes to the Holy Spirit uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to being founded on the Word of God dedicated to giving you the word not my opinion and not not a a denominational bent or mindset but the word of God and so there'll be a lot of verses today and a lot of passages so put your learning hat on I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully teach it to you in a way that can be interesting and engaging um, but also want to kind of grow you and get you to rise up to a place of learning is that good Because, I mean, I know I like to entertain, and we have stories and jokes, and I throw the gospel in and give you some sugar to make the medicine go down. Come on, somebody. Uh, But I I also think it's important that we actually become disciplined learners. Do you know what the word disciple means? It just means disciplined learners, disciplined learners, that we would be learners of Jesus. And so um, let's put on that hat today. Let me pray for us real quick. Father, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never returns void that it always accomplishes what it's meant to accomplish. Thank you for your people, for your children. Thank you that healing is the children's bread, you said. Thank you that our families can receive Holy Spirit power. Thank you that we're going to be a church not just on uh, lights and, and, and good systems, that we're, we're a living church that's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. We give you glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, I've got a bag of Cracker Jacks up here. Who, who likes Cracker Jacks? Anybody? Cracker Jacks. If you don't, then you need prayer after service. Come on, there, there is some caramel goodness in here. And some peanuts. The best one is when the peanuts get stuck into the caramel and you get like a little cluster. You know what I'm talking about? You get the caramel and peanut cluster all in one bite with the popcorn. Uh, my wife's in charge of snacks at the house whenever we travel uh, at Christmas time. We don't have a lot of good snacks at the house like, like when it's not a holiday season. My kids complain like there's not good snacks. we don't have good snacks. But when we travel or it's Christmas, my wife goes all out. We got all we got the best snacks. And one of my favorite snacks is the Cracker Jacks. I grew up on these suckers. Come on. And the, the best part about Cracker Jacks is that there is what? A prize. a prize. Come on. There's a prize in the bag. I've never had them in a bag. I've had them in a box. I don't, I don't even feel comfortable holding a Cracker Jack bag. You know, this is a, uh, in the box, there's Cracker Jacks prizes. Come on. What's the favorite? The favorite prize, the tattoo, the fake tattoo. Come on, y'all all remember it you know and 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 you remember trying to put the tattoo on and you had to be patient and you're licking your hand and sticking that thing to it and, try, and it's like a superhero superman but like you only get the cape and it looks like you have a dish towel on your hand now you're like man I'm supposed to be superman like why you got a rag on your hand like it's superman let me alone you know you can't and and you just you get the prize there's this caramel and this popcorn but the greatest thing you look forward to is the is the prize here's what i want you to know as christians you have a prize the Holy Spirit gives you. When you get saved, you have a gift inside of you. You have power inside of you. And a lot of us, the Christianity is not just church. It's not just another song. It's not just, you know what, I gave my life to Christ and now I just go about my day. I just go about my regular life. No, it's more than that. There's actually a prize in the box. There's the power of the Holy Spirit inside of your life. And there's more of that that he offers. And so we have to believe and go, God, I need more of your presence. I I believe that humanity is looking for a church that has the power and the presence of God. I think our cities, I know myself, I need the power and presence of God. The Holy Spirit, you you can write this down, is the person of God in the now. Right now, he's here. We do church kind of the same thing every week. We have an altar time. We have some sermon. We have some songs. It's, it's the same, but it's not the same because the Holy Spirit is the person of God now, today, and it makes it fresh right now. I think without the Holy Spirit, listen to this without the Holy Spirit, our churches are just memorials to God, not living with power, just depersonalized. Without the Holy Spirit in our life daily, it's just a memorial to God. And so I believe that we need the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Paul teaches about about nine different gifts of the Spirit. And And then he says this at the end of chapter 12. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he shifts into chapter 13. It's like he's ADD and he starts talking about love. He says, here's the gifts. Here's these gifts. The Holy Spirit does this. There's a prize in the bag. There's a prize in the box. But I show you a more excellent way. And so what Paul is saying to us is this, and this is important, this will be on the screen. God is more concerned with the love we practice than the gifts we possess. And so he starts talking about gifts and Holy Spirit. And I want to preface this up front because I'm going to talk to you about gifts and power and tongues and Holy Spirit and all these supernatural things. But before we even get into that stuff, Paul says I'm more con- God's more concerned about the love that we use those things with than the gifts we practice. Right? There's more, there's more love that we can possess and that's what makes all of this stuff function. But, but he does say that I want you to desire the best gifts. I want you to desire gifts. Most Christians don't desire gifts. We don't desire to have anything operating supernaturally. we are just gotten saved and now we're going about our daily business, going about our daily life. But like there's actually gifts that you could say, God, I desire. So my question to you is, are you desiring what God wants to distribute? Are you actually desiring what he wants to distribute into your life? And, and here's the thought, the gifts are still available today, right now. There's a list of them on the screen, and I'm just going to run through them real quick. These are the nine gifts of the Spirit. So you've got word of wisdom, which is like a supernatural gift of wisdom that that the Holy Spirit gives you to know, kind of wisdom about a situation or a specific situation. Uh, Word of knowledge, um, that's to know a specific piece of information. I've prayed for people before. I operate in that one a lot. And it's like, you know, God says this, something I would never know, but the Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge. Um, Faith. Um, we all have faith, but the gift of faith is like where you say, hey, pray for me. Like, I'm trying to uh, buy this building. And, they're, and people with gift of faith are like, man, buy the whole block, you know. Like, you can buy it all. It's like, wow, whoa, I'm just trying to buy a house. Man, you need, you know, you know buy the shopping center, you know. It's like, okay, they have that gift of faith, right. And then there's gift of healing. Um, that's a lot of times like a progressive healing. And, and healing comes into our life, healing mentally, physically. There's a gift of healing, a uh, gift of miracles. That's an instantaneous miracle where God supersedes the laws of nature and and intervenes with a miracle. It defies nature, Uh, the gift of prophecy where you can actually uh, um, speak forth or tell forth and declare forth, not just preaching or declaring, but actually telling forth things that God's going to do. Uh, distinguishing of spirits um one one says discerning of spirits and so many people say they have the gift of discernment that is not called the gift of discernment that's not what that's called the, the gift of discernment is you being suspicious of everybody <laughs> that's not the gift of discernment the gift of the distinguishing of spirits is where you can distinguish or discern what type of spirit is operating in a situation you ever walked into a room and like Man, something's off Like you might have that gift where, or there's a spirit of religion, or there's a spirit of pride, or a spirit of lust, or a spirit of of addiction. There's different spirits that operate uh, in our life. It's important that you make sure and ask Jesus to get rid of any spirits that mess with your life. Here's why it's so important, because there's things called familiar spirits. And, and I remember when I was a drug addict, I could go to Nealon Stadium. There'd be 105,000 people there. I could find the one dude in 105,000 people that had the same drug that I was looking for. Why? Because I had a spirit, and that was a familiar spirit, and spirits find each other. So if you have a spirit of lust, pray to God and get some friends around you. Get rid of it because there's going to be another spirit of lust that finds that spirit. If you have a spirit of addiction, get that that out of your life and discern those things or get people around you that can help you because you don't want the familiarity of those things attracting somebody into your life. That's why it's so important to have the people with gifts operating uh, various kinds of tongues and then interpretation of tongues. And so those are the nine gifts. Um, I would say this. The gifts are not demonic. Lil Nas X is demonic. <laughs> the gifts aren't demonic. That's a rapper, by the way. He's demonic. Some of y'all are like, no, I love it. Well, you need to come get prayed for. <laughs> The, the, the gifts are not for the, the spiritually elite. Let me say it this way. Gifts are not assigned to just spiritual maturity. Gifts are gifts. They're for all Christians. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. And so I, I want you, and I'm teaching this because I want you to desire gifts. I want to desire the gifts that God has for me. And here's the important thing. The gifts, usually in the box, the, the little prize is not sitting right at the top of the box. You have to dig down into the box. You have to dig into some stuff. There's some deeper stuff that God wants you to dig into. And so as I get into this today, we need the Holy Spirit. Um, In the scriptures, the people that Paul came across, I'm going to give you some verses now. The people that Paul came across didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And it was 20 years after the cross of Jesus and the resurrection. And Paul runs across some people in Acts chapter 19, and it says this. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we have not even so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? So these guys are like, we don't even, we've never even heard of this. We don't even comprehend this. We don't even get this. And so Paul's like, his priority is asking these guys, have you received the Holy Spirit? this, This is for you. Have you received it? They're like, we didn't even know about it. We treat the Holy Spirit, I, I say it often, like, like the guest towels at our house. Anybody got guest towels at your house? Any, anybody ever gone to use a guest towel and your wife said, don't touch those? Right. And I'm like, why? I paid for them. They're clean. They're fine. Because they're not for you. I'm like, what do you mean they're not for me? They're for the guest." We treat the Holy Spirit like he's for everybody else but us. Like he's been paid for. Jesus paid the price. Jesus came and died on the cross, rose from the dead. Jesus went to heaven and the Holy Spirit came to earth and he empowers us with gifts Here, here's a couple of thoughts all word and no spirit and we dry up all spirit and no word and we blow up word and spirit and we grow up there's this power in the word and spirit so the holy spirit gives us power the enemy has power and so in order for us to combat that we have to have power guys I have to have more power in my life. I can't just go about life without the power of the Holy Spirit operating. Acts chapter 1, 4 through 8, Jesus is speaking. He says, on the occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not depart Jerusalem, but wait from the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to skip to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 1 says you will receive power. That there's power. Jesus says, hey, wait a minute. Talking to the apostles. Don't go anywhere until you receive this baptism of power. He calls it a baptism. An immersion. I'm going to get into some of these the thoughts about this in a second. He's saying you'll receive power. The word's dunamis. Dynamite power. Dynamite power atmospheric changing power energy motion force progress momentum holy spirit comes on you and gives you power to conquer fear discouragement temptation addiction insecurity to break habits to break roots of anger to get bitterness out of your life to break free and learn to pray come on are those sound good to anybody i think that those things in our life need to be the marks of who we are as powerful believers in jesus so So there's three baptisms the scriptures talk about, and they're they're plural. There's three baptisms, and I'm going to go through all three. And here's where some of the confusion has been, and I'm going to give you the verses that there's been some confusion around. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13, this is the first baptism. The Holy Spirit actually baptizes you into Christ. And so he immerses you when you say yes to Jesus, The Holy Spirit's the one that allows that to happen, and supernaturally, he immerses you into the body of Christ. You're a new creation. You're born again, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. It's the body of Christ. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, all have been made to drink of one spirit. So the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, leads you in salvation. Here's the confusion about the Holy Spirit baptism. Ephesians 4, 4 through 5 says this, there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of us all who is above all and through all and in all. So many denominations teach there's not a second baptism when it comes to to the Holy Spirit because of that verse there. There is one baptism into the body of Christ. There's one baptism into salvation. That's the Holy Spirit baptizing you into the body. But there's another baptism, and we'll look at it. The second baptism is baptized into water. So many of you would believe that you need to be baptized in water. or Many of you have been baptized in water. We do baptism Sundays where we immerse someone in water. Uh, it's, from Matthew, uh, it's from Matthew 28 19. Uh, Jesus says this, Go therefore and make disciples, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the second baptism is a disciple being baptized by a disciple into water. So the first baptism is Holy Spirit baptizing you into the body of Christ. Second baptism is the disciple baptizing you into water. And then there's a third baptism called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus is actually the baptizer, and he is baptizing you with the Holy Spirit. And here's what the scriptures say. Matthew 3.11 it says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So, so there's three specific baptisms. Three separate baptisms. Why are they all separate? Because God wanted nothing attached to salvation. So those other two baptisms, water baptism and spirit baptism, have nothing to do with you getting saved, with you going to heaven, with you being regenerated on the inside by Christ to be a new creation. Does that make sense? So that's by faith. But all through the scriptures, we see these three baptisms. I'm not going to get into every example, but in 1 Corinthians 10:1 through 2, this will be on the screen for you. Paul's speaking. And he says this, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters. So he's saying, come on, y'all don't be dumb. Don't be ignorant. Don't be unaware. Isn't ignorant bliss sometimes? I'm just not going to worry about any of that stuff. Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't be unaware of this. He says, all of your ancestors were under the cloud and they passed through the sea. Listen to this language. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So there's these two baptisms, he calls it baptism in the cloud, that's Holy Spirit, and in the sea, that's water baptism. But before both of those happened, they put blood on the doorpost of their house, and the death angel passed over, and they were saved. There's a three-part baptism right there. It's it's three baptisms, salvation, the water, and the cloud. And then when you look at the tabernacle in the Old Testament, there were three parts. You'd walk into the tabernacle, the one that that was in the wilderness. You had the sacrificial altar, where the blood sacrifices took place. That That was salvation. Jesus, come on everybody. And then the second one was the, was the laver where they dipped the sacrifices. That was water baptism. And the third one is when they went into the Holy of Holies, they would have to anoint themselves with oil and they had a lamp burning. It was Holy Spirit baptism. There was three baptisms all through the Old Testament. And so some very practical thoughts uh, just on water baptism. Every gospel talks about it, about this. The reason I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because maybe some of you have experienced it, some of you haven't. Some of you haven't even heard about it. But I'm talking about it is because that's how the gifts are activated, really, in your life. That's how you begin to, to walk into the power and the gifts of the Spirit in a supernatural new way. <clears throat> Jesus said it in, in Matthew three eleven, "I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit, Spirit and fire." Mark one eight, "I indeed baptize you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." Luke three sixteen, John answers, saying, to "All I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandals I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire." John 1, 32 through 34. I know I'm going fast, but just, man, go back and listen to it after. John 1, 32 through 34. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained on Jesus. I did not know him, but he who sent him to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I I have testified about this is the Son of God. And so you see all that in the scriptures, and that the book of Acts is the actual fulfillment of all those prophecies where the Holy Spirit's being poured out, and so um, I, there's some, some amazing uh, distinctions in a couple of the verses I want to show you. In John chapter 20, uh, in John 20, 19 through 22, the scriptures say this, it says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the Jews were, when, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said this, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands in his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Listen to this. And when he had said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, so there's this, this is the moment of salvation for the, for the disciples. They've not been saved yet. Jesus had not gone to heaven yet. Now he's gone to heaven. He's come back to earth. He's walked through the walls. He's showing them his hands and his side. He says, peace to you, because they're all freaking out. You'd freak out if Jesus shows up in your room tonight. They're all freaking out. And they're like, what's going on? And he says, peace, it's okay. And then he says, this is the promise. Now go, and, and, and I'm going to breathe on you. And he breathes on them, and it says, receive the Holy Spirit. So literally... If you study it out, he went to each of them. There was about 120. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the disciples only. There was a bunch of them in the, in the room. And he starts breathing on them. He's, and this is salvation. Literally, the Spirit of God supernaturally goes inside of them, makes them alive, a new creation. They're born again, and, and now they're believers, right, that, that, that their sins have been washed away. But interesting enough, in Luke 24, Jesus says something weird because this is just a different picture of the same story. you got to look at both Both perspectives in Luke 24, 46 to 49. Then Jesus said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day. The repentance of remissions of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you were witnesses of these things. He's telling his disciples, and you just saw this. I've risen from the dead. And he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. This is this language. But tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So in one Chapter, he breathes on them and says, you've received the spirit. But then the same picture, the same story, he says, wait, now go wait to receive the spirit. Two different things happening. They got born again. They received the Holy Spirit. By the way, when you get born again, you receive all the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's like taking a drink. All of him is in you, but he's not upon you yet. That's what the baptism of the spirit is clothed with power upon your life. Clothed where it doesn't leave your life. Okay, all through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came and rested on three types of people prophets, priests, and kings. It was unheard of for regular people to have the Spirit of God on them. And so that's what this fulfillment is that the church of Jesus Christ wouldn't just be about going through the motions, that we would have the power of God on us supernaturally. To do what God's called us to do. And so so now in Acts chapter 4, 1 through 5, here's the same story right after Jesus breathes on them. And now they're waiting for the power. It says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. John truly baptized the water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now Jesus leaves and then Acts chapter 2 is the entire fulfillment of the Holy Spirit being poured out. I'm going to kind of fast forward just for time's sake. So in chapter 2, you've heard about the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit, Jesus leaves. Holy Spirit pours out. 120 of them in the upper room. What was that? What what in the world was that, right? They all begin to speak in tongues. They all see these flames of fire sitting above each of their heads. By, By the way, if we're New Testament Christians, you don't get a choice to believe this stuff or not. If you're a New Testament believer, we're believers. And, and, so, and so this tongues of fire sit upon, up amongst each one of them. They all begin to speak in tongues. And what's happening is this. So, so Jesus ascended, and he goes into the throne room. He sits down. at Peter talks about this. You can read the story of Pete, Peter's sermon. Jesus sits down at the right hand of God. Any time a king was coronated, the, they would pour the oil over the king's head. All through the Old Testament, Jesus sits by the right hand of God. The Father pours the Spirit over him, coronates him king. He's in heaven. All of a sudden, the oil, if he's the head of the church, the oil drips down from his head into the upper room onto the body and the body of Christ, the power of the church is birthed. Come on. It's the power of the church. And they began to speak in these other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance and uh, amazing story And, and... And you can see all through the book of Acts, there's many examples. In Acts chapter um, 8, there's some examples of the difference between salvation and baptism of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, there's some powerful things that happen where they pray for him, and the Holy Spirit comes on them, and he begins to speak in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, the Holy Spirit comes on 12 men. Paul lays hands on them. 12 men, they begin to pray in other tongues and prophesy. They begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. OK, and so so we see this all through um, the book of Acts and then and then Paul gives some some explanation. And now I want to talk to you like what's up with the tongue stuff. OK, you all ready for that? I got four minutes to teach you about the most controversial doctrine in the Bible. Right. Um, so so let me just say a couple thoughts. Holy Spirit, baptism was normal and expected in, old, in the New Testament times. And so it's it's for all of us. There's three experiences of, of baptism. Um, somebody said, you know, do I have to pray in tongues and all that stuff with the Holy spirit baptism? Um, do you have to kiss your wife? Do you have to kiss your husband? No, like you get to like, like there there's the the way this all started. Someone asked me the question, like, how do you find rest? How do you rest? And I I just be honest with you, the way I rest is I pray in tongues every day. And and I'm going to give you a couple verses that relate to that uh, and what that means and what that looks like. So, so praying in tongues, um, Acts chapter 2 is the fulfillment of Acts chapter 1. Holy Spirit's poured out on all of them. The Bible says they began to speak in tongues and that all the nations there heard them in their own language. So let me just explain this. So what's tongues? When it says that that they heard them speak in tongues, the word tongue is glossa. It's where we get our our word glossary. just means words. And it says and every nation, God didn't do it in secret. All the nations were there. It wasn't some back corner little weird church thing. There was 300,000 people out there maybe. And, and they're all doing this, 120 are praying, and they hear him, and they go, we hear him in our own language. It, it's actually in our own dialect. It's where we get the word dialectos, or language. And so here's a couple simple thoughts about tongues. Number one, it's a language. It's not gibberish. It's not babbling. There's a, actually a language. What's beautiful, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost just means 50. Don't freak out. They're like, oh, them Pentecostals, it just means 50, right? It's a number. When, when the blood went on the Jews' door in the Old Testament, 50 days later, the law was given. And 3,000 people died. When Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, 50 days later, the spirit was given and 3,000 people got saved. It's, so, it's such a beautiful picture. Um, there's just so much about, about this language. So number one, it's a language. Number two, it's a language of the spirit. So I would say to you, you're a spirit being. You're a spirit being. How many believe you, you have a spirit? When you got saved... Your spirit came alive in Christ. So when you find the language of of tongues and biblically, it's the language of your spirit. So every one of you has a spirit. There's a difference between the gift of praying in tongues, which you would use in a body like this, like publicly and privately praying for yourself to have strength and rest and and the mysteries of God. So Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 14. He gives an explanation and he goes back and forth talking about praying in the spirit. He says this in verse 2. For, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So literally, meaning mysteries, things that aren't revealed, like praying to God and praying things out that aren't known, that are actually mysteries in the will of God. Uh, the third thought is it's a prayer language. When you pray, it's actually a prayer language you can use. Um, and so Paul says this in first, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, In verse 12, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. So these guys were abusing this gift. Everybody was shouting and trying to show how cool they were and how spiritual they were. There was no order. Paul's like, that's not what this is for. He says, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, listen to this. Here's the only definition we get of praying in tongues in the whole Bible. First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if I bless with the Spirit, how will those who occupy the place of the uninformed say amen? How will anybody know what I'm saying, is what, he, what Paul's saying. For indeed you give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul was a little competitive. He's like, I speak, we get it, Paul. He says, yet in the church, listen, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So he's correcting this, this, everybody just shouting, but he is saying there's a prayer language that you and I can use in our life. Jude 20 talks about it this way. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. A lot of people said, well, that's just prayer. Not according to Paul. Paul says, when I pray in the Spirit, my, when I pray in tongues, my Spirit prays. Jude says, I build myself up praying in my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and so the word edifying or building up is actually like charging your battery. Like when you pray in the Holy Spirit, I know this is a, and let, let me just say this. Y'all can make an appointment with me <laughs> to talk more about it, okay? If you're wondering. And then next week on the 31st, we have encounter night. I'm going to pray for people to experience the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to do that today. So you can, you're okay, you're safe. You know, but next week we're going to have a night of worship and a night of prayer where God, I believe, wants to empower you with boldness and power and miracles and the gifts. And, and that'll be next, next on Halloween. Come on, somebody. That'll be next Sunday night. And, and there's, there's this ability for you to build yourself up. You know, your battery has power, but the alternator makes it keep power. If your alternator goes bad, the battery can run for a little while and then the juice is gone. Come on, ever felt like that in your Christian walk? It's like, it's like I've got power, but now it's just gone. That's because the Holy Spirit is that, is that alternator. Let me give you one more verse and then I'm going to pray for you. Paul yanks a weird, this is, goes back to rest and refreshing. He's like, what's, why is this all important? Paul yanks a verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 21 from Isaiah 28, 11, And in twenty eight eleven he says this. For with stammering lips and another tongue I will speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Most of Christendom in the the United States at least will not hear and doesn't want to go here. Doesn't want to believe. Doesn't want to think about it. At Pentecost you remember when the Holy Spirit poured out? Half the crowd went this is wild like what is this they were astounded half the crowd said they're drunk look at these fools those are the two responses of humanity intrigue and openness or ridicule and mocking and and i don't think that's who i am or you are as a church and so i just want to teach you the bible i think look it's risky to teach you this stuff it's just It's not popular like, this isn't the fun shout up and down, jump out of your seat message, okay? I'm having this, you know, it's, it's a step of faith to teach and believe that you're hungry and that you want the gifts and the things of God. And so I think it's important as you pray, you pray mysteries and you pray in power and it's a beautiful thing. The gifts aren't over. Many denominations teach these gifts aren't for today, they're for today. I think that when you begin to pray, this helps you pray. What do I mean by that? You ever lost something valuable to you? Anybody ever lost keys, a wallet? You ever lost something? What do you start doing? They ask you, well, where'd you leave it last? <laughs> well, if I knew, I wouldn't be freaking out. I'd be at rest. I'd be sitting on the couch. I'd know exactly where my wallet is, but I'm panicking, freaking out. What do you do? You retrace your steps. You go places you were not even been in the last month. You're up in the garage in the attic. You're like, how is my wallet in the attic? You had not been in the attic in two months. That's how you live in your prayer life. When you don't pray mysteries of the gospel, because you're just trying to figure it all out. Like, I don't even know what to pray. Like, I'm just retracing my life. Like God, When you begin to pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden you begin to pray mysteries and the will of God and the power of God, and God starts moving and working on that. And I ain't smart enough to do all this stuff. I need the Holy Spirit power. Some of you are like, well, if I get that, I'm going to be the one in Kroger. Just comes on me, you know. <laughs> it's going to overtake me, you know. That's not how it works, guys. It's like a gift you can you can. <laughs> I know some of y'all think that, like, I'm just going to be, in, I'm going to be in the grocery at the restaurant. Oh, shada-da-da. you know, you're going to be like, oh. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> you you have you have authority and control over any gift God gives you. So I just want to end with this. It's good. It's from God. And it's powerful for your life. Can I pray for you today? Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you, are, you, you give good gifts to your kids. That you said that we can ask, seek, and knock and that you would open and give and answer. And God, you said that, that our fathers give, uh, know how to give good gifts. We don't ask them for bread and they give us a serpent. We don't ask them for, for a gift and they give us a stone. That How much more you being our Heavenly Father would give us the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Lord, we just ask for you to give us Understanding. I rebuke the enemy that would try to steal this word today off anybody's life. I rebuke the, any any lies from the enemy that would say, well, I don't know if that's the Bible, Lord. It's your word and it's good. And I pray that we would be a church that responds. I pray for anybody in here under the sound of my voice that needs you today, Jesus. More important than all the gifts is salvation is the door. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, today is, is a day that there's an open invitation to you, to the family of God. God loves you. It's inviting you to give to give your life to Jesus, that he died for sins and died to give you power and died to give you life. Father, we pray today for, for your will to be done and your kingdom to come. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. Could you guys give God some praise real quick? Just in response. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.